Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I want to bring you a teaching today that I believe is going to help you have a Christ-centered Christmas. That is not the title of our teaching, but it is the core uh, core of our teaching. If we're going to teach anything about Christmas, Jesus has to be the centerpiece. Uh, I love the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. And we just want to reiterate that right in the middle of all of the global crisis that we are in and the cries for help from God, from the people that believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Well, I'm looking for God's intervention in the normal course of human events because of intercessory prayer. Uh, there are uh, people here that, that God gives an audience to <laughs> that, that we are able to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. Well, we're assured that from God. We're not worthy uh, of, of, of what Christ has done for us, but we are worthy because of what Christ has done for us. Amen. We are recipients of the mercy and the grace of God, and I believe God is still merciful in fact, the scriptures declare that the hope that we have is in this great fact. Uh, in Lamentations chapter 3, I call it the book of the blues because Lamentations, Jeremiah is lamenting the fact that he has preached all these years and no one has listened, no one has repented, no one has turned to God from idols and now they were going to go into captivity their enemies were going to prevail as a corrective judgment God did not intend destruction of his people but instruction <laughs> but first he had to get their attention uh, we know something about the flesh don't we there's a stubbornness and a pride built into it and we have to humble ourselves before God if we would find a place to obtain that mercy and that grace that we so desperately need. But thank God if we do, He has promised and he, that He is faithful to show that mercy. In fact, Jeremiah said, and I'm going to go to the New Testament in just a moment, but Jeremiah, in, in, his, in his discouragement in, in the people not listening to the message, and he, he cried out and he said, when I, when I consider in, Je in Lamentations 3, the, 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 the pain and, and the defeat and the depression and the, and the, and the, oh, all of the, the, the terrible crisis they were in because their enemies were now prevailing over them. They were going to be uprooted from their homeland, taken down into Babylon. Uh, oh my, what a terrible day that was. And he said, when I consider all of this, the wormwood and the gall, my spirit is humble within me. The Greek word, this is not the virtue of humility. The Greek word there, or Hebrew word rather, is I, I am crushed when I see this. But this I recall to mind, and this Christmas season, this is what we need to recall to mind. This 
I recall to mind. Now you can focus on the trouble that we are in globally and here in America and personally. Or you can recall to mind a truth about God that is reiterated this Christmas season as every Christmas season. Hallelujah, since Jesus came into our fallen world. This I recall to mind. He said, your mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Every time the sun rises, we have a new opportunity to obtain mercy and grace to help from our God. Hallelujah. And this this is a, a day right here, this day right here, right now that you're hearing this message. His mercies were new when the sun came up this morning. And I don't know about you, but I when 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 I need help, and that's all the time, I come with courage and confidence before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Well, that's a mini-sermon in the midst of a sermon. Today I want to bring you a message, Christmas, a prophecy fulfilled, a promise kept. I want to say it again, Christmas, a prophecy fulfilled, a promise kept. Someone has accurately said concerning our Savior, The Old Testament promises are made concerning Him. The New Testament, those promises are kept by Him. Hallelujah. Christmas, a prophecy fulfilled, a promise kept. Amen. I want to talk to you about that. We've been speaking about God's peace in troubled times. Based on the Apostle Paul's declaration in the New Testament, stated many times in many ways, the God of peace be with you. And as we approach the celebration of our Savior's birth this Christmas season, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all kinds of crisis around the world, and and, and the the devastation of empty chairs and empty family members that have been taken this past year, not just by the pandemic, but by auto accidents and shootings and sicknesses and cancer and all of those things that can ravage the human body. Amen. As we approach this celebration of our Savior's birth, becomes crystal clear that God's supreme act of love and compassion was to come down, to condescend, to come down into our fallen world in the person of Jesus Christ, to enter into our pain and our suffering, to give Himself for us as a sacrifice lamb upon the cross, that He might save us and then stay with us and go with us all the way through our lifetime and all the way through every possible circumstance of life, this promise of the presence of God is ours to claim. Amen. In Matthew chapter 1, an angel comes to Joseph with words of instruction and insight. Let's read it together. 
It says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her, speaking of Mary, a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that, listen, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Remember, promises made in the Old Covenant, promises kept in the New Covenant. Hallelujah. Verse 23, And this is what the prophet said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name. He will be named Jesus, but... People who understand who Jesus is, <laughs> they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Hallelujah. You see, friend, the name Jesus is derived from the Old Testament Joshua, Yeshua, meaning God saves or God is salvation. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He is the promised one. He's also called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Jesus is the fulfillment of an ancient promise given to the nation of Israel in the time of great tumult, tumult and great trouble. Listen to Isaiah 7 and verse 14. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 800 years before the birth of Jesus, things were really grim for the Lord's people. Judah had been invaded by the king of Syria and the king of Israel. Jerusalem hadn't been conquered, but King Ahaz had been taken captive and then released. He had suffered such losses, he was about to appeal to the Assyrian king for help. This would take Ahaz and his nation even further away from God, because the king didn't have faith in the plans and power of God. Listen, the longer we look for someone other than God or something other than God to help us. Now, God may use people, but we can't make them our source. We have to make Him our source. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves further away from God's help instead of getting closer to receiving His help. So the Lord offered to give Ahaz a sign of his plans and power, but Ahaz refused. So the Lord gave a sign anyway, not just to the king for his immediate comfort, but for the whole nation as part of the meaning of their history. And 
in the New Testament to us today. The sign of the virgin and her son. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. The great and enduring truth of Christmas is not just that God sent a Savior, (laughs) but that God is a Savior. Hallelujah. The baby born on Christmas Day, the baby lying in the manger is Emmanuel. He's God with us. So that fulfillment of prophecy of Isaiah on Christmas Day does not mark the beginning of God being with His covenant people, but rather it is the climax of God being with His covenant people. Remember 80-year-old Moses before the burning bush? At that time, God gave Moses a, a great commission to lead the Israelite slaves out of Egypt into the land of Canaan. And Moses felt inadequate for such a task and said so in Exodus 3.11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said in reply in Exodus 3.12, I will be with you. Hallelujah. And he was. While traveling in the wilderness, the children of Israel only had to lift their eyes forward and upward to see the Lord was with them, even as he promised. As we read in Exodus thirteen twenty one and 22, it said, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of a cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light. Neither the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Now, I want to stop right here for a moment. You know what Jesus said about a world of trouble? He said in this world, this world, this fallen world that has been darkened because of of the enemy of our soul, this sin-darkened world. He said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. Now, if he just got victory for himself and kept it to himself, and that victory was not obtained for our behalf, then, then yeah, we'd say, okay, you overcame it, but your God in flesh, God incarnate, you're, you're all powerful, you're almighty. But what about us? Well, the, the thing is, this almighty, all powerful God has went before us. As one translation says, what this connotates, it says this, be of good cheer. I have went before you and conquered it in in your behalf. Hallelujah. The reason we can have peace of God in trouble is because the God of peace is with us and He has went before us. Praise God. Because God is with us, we can run to Him when we are tempted and when we are troubled. Hebrews four fourteen through 16 It says, Seeing that we have a great high priest, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. 
For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. (laughs) I particularly like one scholar's paraphrase. He said, that's why we have a great high priest who is gone into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same temptations as we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help when we need it. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, temptation is not only the sensual desire to gratify our flesh, but it's also in the ability of our weak flesh to, to, to bear up under the pressure and the pain of living in a fallen world. There's a picture in Milan, Italy, of a little cherub, you know, a little angel who's feeling one of the points of the crown of thorns with her finger. There's a look of wonder and amazement upon her face. She's been told that it means agony. It means pain. But she cannot feel it. To her, it's so incomprehensible because she belongs to a different world and a different class of being. She belongs to a world that has never experienced pain. She was never born to the conditions in which the Son of Man, our Savior, was born. Where there was sin, where there was suffering, where there was sacrifice. But Emmanuel is God with us. And God did not send an angel. He sent His Son. And in and through His Son, He sent Himself. He came Himself. He took upon Himself our flesh, that He might suffer, that when we suffer, we might know, we might know, and He, that He knows what we're going through. He might empathize with us, not just sympathize with us. He would give comfort. He would succor us. The Bible literally says in the New Testament, in that he was tempted himself, he is able to succor those that are tempted. It's an old English word, but it means to give help, to give aid. Amen. I like what it says in Hebrews 2, 16 through 18. It said, for verily or surely he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor those who are 
tempted. I like what Benjamin Warfield said. The glory of the Incarnation is that it presents to our adoring gaze not a humanized God or a deified man, but a true God-man whose almighty arms we can rest and to whose human sympathy we can appeal. Your wife can sympathize with you, but oh, what it is to have the almighty God to sympathize with us. Whatever your need is today, let this word sink into your mind and into your heart of hearts. Emmanuel, God is with us. This is essentially the Christmas story, isn't it? God reaching down to earth in the flesh of Christ. On Christmas Day, we celebrate the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, God is for us. We're reconciled unto him. Hallelujah. And because God is for us, God is with us. Think of it this way. In Jesus, divine omnipotence moved into a human arm. In Jesus, divine wisdom was cradled in a human brain. In Jesus, divine love throbbed in a human heart. In Jesus, divine compassion glistened in a human eye. In Jesus, divine grace poured from human lips. Christmas means, dear friend, that fallen man is not left alone to try and save himself. Christ has come. God has come down to us. Hallelujah. With one glorious, holy purpose to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is what one anonymous author wrote about the unique life of Jesus. Here is a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30, and then for three years... He was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never owned a home. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his feet inside a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. Think about that. He never did one of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him publicly. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed, scourged first, and then nailed upon a cross between two thieves. His executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had here on earth. And while he was dying, and that was his coat, and while and when he was dead, he was taken down and laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of someone else. 
but he rose on the third day. Nineteen, now twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is the centerpiece of the human race and the leader in the, in the, in the, in the column of progress of the human race. Jesus is still the number one character and person of controversy and of praise and worship. Amen. Listen, Jesus was far more than a man. He was Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus is far more than a great figure from past human history. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He understands. He cares. He shares our trials and sufferings. He suffered and died to overcome all of the, all of the ravages of our human sinfulness. He graciously comes and offers to be with us always. And how should we Respond to the, this great truth and reality this Christmas season. One of the most interesting cemeteries, if you're interested in cemeteries, is one in London called Bunshill Field. It's a place where many famous people are buried. Charles Wesley is buried there. Isaac Watts, the great hymn writer, is buried there. Daniel Defoe, the author of Robinson Crusoe, But opposite that great graveyard is the chapel of John Wesley, a monument erected to him. Also across that road is John Wesley's house, where on March 2, 1791, Wesley opened his eyes and exclaimed for the very last time upon his deathbed these words, The best of all is this, God is with us. He could have said a whole lot of other things, but he said the best of all is this, God is with us. Hallelujah. Amen. And it is that great truth which is at the heart of Christmas. Every single time, each and every year, we celebrate not just the birth of Jesus, but instead, in our remembrance of the birth of Jesus Christ, we are recalling with humble gratitude our realization that in Him God entered into human life in a way which has never, ever happened before and which will never need to happen again. This is the most wonderful fact and reality of Christmas. God is with us. He became one of us. Without losing His deity, He didn't give up any of His deity, but deity took on human flesh. And He was able, therefore, as a representative of all of Adam's fallen race, to become a sinless sacrifice. Allowed them to take him, scourge him, and then nail him and impale him upon an old rugged cross. Oh friend, 
And then he says, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. And you will find rest for your soul. Hallelujah. Isn't that what we need this Christmas season? The peace, the rest, the assurance, the confidence, the consolation. God is with us today. God is with you today. God will fill. Christ will fill that empty chair. God will fill that empty place in your heart. He will assure you that if your loved one knew Him, death did not win the final battle and will not. We're only apart for a little while. I like what Charles Dickens said. He said the sorrow of loss is nothing to the, compared to the joy of our reunion forever. If you don't know Jesus today, a friend of mine, the hour is late. This may be and could be, prophetically speaking, the last Christmas before Jesus comes. You say, preacher, are you setting a date? No, I am not. But I am telling you that according to the scriptures and the prophecies, Jesus is coming soon. But if he wasn't coming soon, we don't know when we may draw our last breath. We know that day is coming. And in light of eternity, it's coming soon for everybody. Some sooner than others. But if you live to be a hundred, you spend eternity lost without God. What benefit is a mere hundred years in light of eons of time with no release? Come to Christ today. I appeal to you, I urge you, don't run from Jesus. Come to Christ today and receive the blessing of the unspeakable gift in Jesus' name.